what's up y'all welcome to the show my name is emily and i'm paige and we are both teachers at forks high school who just saw that weird colon kid fly across the parking lot at inhuman speed but we are unbothered because we have papers to grade and we don't make enough to care about this shit and you're listening to tuesdays are for twilight how's it going today paige how's your day you know I would say in total, my day has been good. I bought a Switch yesterday, um, so I've been playing a lot of Switch, but I was talking about this with Millie right before we started recording. I don't know how I'm supposed to say this. Um, I can, I just can't talk about Edward Cullen today. I just cannot handle him. I don't want to do it. <laughs> That's the episode. <laughs> Bye, guys. We'll see you next week. <laughs> follow us on social media <laughs> I mean I feel that <laughs> how was your day how are you feeling um it was pretty good I made a pork loin for dinner aka hell yeah I just feel really adult about it like I feel like a pork loin is what a real adult would do and I am definitely like a real adult or a fake adult in real adult clothing <laughs> but not even really clothing because I'm wearing fucking leggings, but you know what I'm saying. It's a euphemism. Um, it was pretty good. Um, trying to think what else is new. That's really the most exciting thing going on in my life right now is that damn pork loin. <laughs> How did you cook it? Did you like bake it? Did you crock pot it? What did you do? Yeah, I baked it. My oven is a week off. It's like 50 degrees below like what it should be when it's on. So I had to cook it for like an hour at like... <laughs> the recipe said to do 400 degrees and I I just kept turning it up I started at 450 and then I just ended up at 470 <laughs> but you know what it was tasty as long you know as long as you are happy with the outcome that's all that matters yeah true true and my niece is turning one year old in two days well by the time you guys are hearing this it'll be already passed but it's pretty exciting that's that's crazy. I can't believe that she's a whole year. Does that mean, though, that she's going to be an Aries? No, she, she's a Capricorn baby, just like me. Okay, great. That's actually really cute. Yes, it is. Um, and we're just really excited. We ho- I hope she smashes her cake that my mom is going to make her, you know, as you do. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's b- good baby etiquette. Facts, facts. Um, so this week we have a new patron to welcome into the fold. What's up, Alexa? Thank you so much for supporting us. Thank you. We really appreciate that you're interested in what we have to say. Really do appreciate that. I know the fact that I like, okay, so you know that app Marco Polo? Yes. Okay, well, if listeners don't know what I'm talking about, it's um it's kind of like Snapchat. It's all videos though. So like it's just a conversation that you can have with either one or multiple people, but you just record yourself talking and then it goes, it's kind of like FaceTime, but it's not live. Um, and so whenever I'm on there, I'm whenever I like talk for more than like 10 seconds, I always end my video with like, no one cares. Goodbye. <laughs> like I'm so self-conscious about like talking too much. And I literally have a podcast. <laughs> I, I think there's nothing wrong with that. I feel like that's how I talk on Snapchat. I'm like, I'm sorry you're receiving 200 seconds worth of Snapchats of me talking in my car before my shift, but here's the thing. I got to get my messages out. No, I love that when I see um, my phone light up and it's like X amount of messages, Snapchat messages from Paige. I'm like, this is going to be good. I like turn up the volume. If I'm in a a public place where I can't listen to the volume, I'm like, I'll open that later. I appreciate that, honestly. I It really bums me out when I take something really great and, like, the cadence is good. You know, the entertainment value is high. And then whoever I send it to is like, I didn't have my volume on. I missed it. Sad face. I'm like, what a waste. What a waste. I remember it was a real struggle for me with your videos when I first got my new phone because I'm 87 years old. And whenever I try to turn it up, I accidentally lock it at the same time because the phone is too big for my little hands. (laughs) And so like several times I had to be like, Paige, I locked it when I was trying to watch your message and I don't know what you fucking said. At least you're honest. You know, it's not like it's not like you weren't trying to watch it. You were. (laughs) Anyways, so 
much to Paige's chagrin, we must discuss the escapades of Edward Cullen. So we covered Midnight Sun Chapter 3, which was called Risk. Um, and basically, this is the car accident scene in this book. What did you think of this chapter? I, you're, you've heard me say this a million times, but I literally read this already, and I still forgot that it was a scene. I literally forgot about this part in the book. And so I'm reading, you know, like the first like page and a half, two pages, and it gets to a point where he's watching Bella in the parking lot, and he's like, why is she being so careful? Oh, what's that look on her face? She's anxious. I realized I've seen it on everyone else's face, and I know why, because the road is really icy right now. And as soon as I read that, I was like, oh, no, I don't, I can't, I don't have the brain capacity to read this right now. Like, I don't want to read about the gaslighting, and I don't want to read about the incorrect physics, which, by the way, still does not make any sense, just like Emily said it would not. I don't want to read about Bella being hurt and being, like I said, gaslighted. I, I hate it all. I hate it all. And, you know, one of those chapters where I'm like, you know, I, uh, like I said, I appreciate you saving Bella, but I hate you. <laughs> what a great summary. <laughs> I'm really sorry. I feel bad for dragging Edward so much. Like if he does something cool later, I'm sorry in advance, Edward, but you're just not giving me enough reasons to like you yet. I feel that. I feel that. It's early. Maybe things will change. Maybe they won't. Who knows? Who's to say? I I do want to say that you are like unintentionally perfect for this podcast format because you literally don't remember anything, even though we've already fucking read it. I'm like, last week I remember when I like asked you for your predictions and I was like, oh, she didn't say the car scene. Maybe she thinks like there's just more lead up to it. And you literally just didn't remember it. I think it's because my brain like either blacked this chapter out because <laughs> it was like it don't make sense I don't like it <laughs> I, we're just gonna throw that one away but I I don't know I don't know what it is I just forgot it's good for the content because you never you're always surprised you never know what's coming next it's very true <sighs> okay so we shall jump in so the chapter opens with Edward and Carlisle hunting together. And this is kind of the conversation that I feel like you were wanting last chapter that they didn't have. Yes, I was thinking exactly that. I was like, yes, I'm glad I did get a little of what I wanted to, to hear from Carlisle's point of view. Yeah, it feels a little contrived to me that like he, Edward sees Carlisle's memories of like him leaving Forks and like, I'm just like, you could have just shown us that scene instead of like being a weird flashback, but whatever. Um, Carlisle's basically, he's just like, I know he fucking sucks and he's a white dude with white privilege, but in that, I feel like he's a good dad. I feel like those things are not mutually exclusive. And I feel like he's being really supportive here. I did write for these notes that he's acting very loving and compassionate. Those were the words that I used. It was very nice to, I feel like all the dads we've seen so far have been, you know, okay, like pretty good for dads. The one character I haven't liked is Bella's mom, but all the parents seem to be doing a pretty good job. Yeah. Smells of sexism. Smells of mommy issues. Well, I like Esme a lot. I think that she's a great mom. That's true. Well, yeah, that's true. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Who am I to say? <laughs> Literally someone who's analyzing this text for content. <laughs> knows all the information that's already to be had <laughs> yeah I mean nothing against Esme I think she's cool but we we will have discussions about the moms in this series oh boy so um they're kind of like they jump back into the present after Edward remembers Carlisle giving him his keys and say um you know do it you must to resist so in the present 
there carlisle's basically like how come you're still here like he's not being rude about it but he is genuinely curious why edward doesn't just leave and he sa- he even says at one point like we would go with you like yeah rosalie would be pissed but like she owes you like we can make that work and edward is like i i can't leave and he doesn't really explain it to carlisle he doesn't even explain it to himself even though we all know exactly what the fuck is going on right now but carlisle is kind enough to be like okay well it's not my business i guess and then they kind of continue on hunting i did think it was interesting sort of towards the top of page 52 there's a little paragraph that says thank you it's generous of you seeing as how I give privacy to no one. He's referring, this is Edward referring to Carlisle respecting Edward's privacy and not wanting to really talk about why he's not leaving. So he's like, thank you for, you know, the privacy. Um, Seeing as how I give privacy to no one, with one exception, and I was doing what I could to deprive her of that, wasn't I? I just thought it was... Not that it was big, but it's kind of interesting to see Edward kind of owning up to how he's he's trying so hard to do the thing that he can't do and get inside of Bella's head. Because I feel like a lot of the times he's been putting off the blame onto her for being so alluring and making him do it to her. But he's acknowledging here that he is consciously making that choice himself. He is the one doing it funny that you bring that up because my note for that exact same moment was odd to me that he recognizes that things are wrong and does them anyways like I don't know it's just like I mean I was about to say not to get political but fuck it I'm gonna get political because this is the fucking world we live in and if you don't agree with this literally delete me from your consciousness delete page from your consciousness Do not follow us on any social media and do not listen to our podcast. It's like when Republicans are like, blah, 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 I condemn President Trump. And it's like, do you? Because you've done nothing to repudiate his actions at all. It's true. I don't know how this is similar. I just like, (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, What the point I was trying to make is like, it's not enough to me. It's not enough to me to me for me to be like, oh, this is wrong and I shouldn't do it. And then like continue to do it. Like then do something about it. Then act like it. I think I agree with you a hundred percent. I was only trying to point out that I thought that it was uncharacteristic of him to even acknowledge that it was it was him doing the wrong thing. I just it's it doesn't really seem in his character to be like yep, I'm doing something wrong here. This is all my fault. Like, I'm bad on me for doing this. Like, I feel like he, historically through this book, has been putting the blame onto Bella for all of that. Yes, 100%. And sorry if it seemed like I was coming for your throat there. I was coming for the throat of all Republicans. Aren't we all? I sure hope. All 2021, baby. And every year after. Um, anyhow, so they get home, Carlisle and Edward, that is, and Carlisle goes to get ready for work, and Edward kind of has this contemplative moment by, well, like, the stream or something. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why it matters so much where he is, by the river, okay, (laughs) and he decides that, um, he will just do one more day so that he can see Bella one more time and then he's going to leave. Um, and he's thinking maybe like he'll mention that he's leaving so that there's a good cover story for, you know, his family to spread around town. Mm-hmm. I did note um, that, is he talking to Alice here? Yeah. So Alice come, shows up and then she's talking about him leaving again. She mentions this character Jazz. Is this going to be someone who comes up later? That's Jasper. Oh, <laughs> okay, never mind. Yeah, it's kind of a weird nickname. Um, yeah. <laughs> I I've only really one person named Jazz, and she was a woman. So I just assumed that Jazz was a, a girl in my head. Yeah, that is kind of a weird nickname that uh, I'm looking at it. But yes, that's intended to be Jasper. Okay, never mind then. 
Um, so yeah, as Paige was saying, um, he goes back to the house and Alice is there and she's, she's like, you're leaving again. And she's sad about it. She, um, suggests that her and Jasper can go with him. And he's like, no, um, it'll upset Esme too much. Um, and I'll say it again. I've said it 8 million times. I'll say it 8 million one. Alice's talent fascinates me so much. And I love reading it through Edward's perspective because it's like basically you're in Alice's brain. And just this thing where there's like shadowy, which obviously we know what the meadow that she's picturing it as Bella's there with him, but they don't know that yet. Just these like things that are coming in and out. Do you remember on Disney Channel original movie, like nights or whatever, right before they played the movie, there was like that weird intro of people like jumping. Jumping on the film? Yes, and the film would come in and out and there would be like little tiny pictures on the film. Yeah. That's what this reminds me of. It's just like zipping by so fast that you can't see it, but it's happening. I can fully see that. It's pretty cool. But anyways, I do think it's kind of crazy. I mean, I don't know if I believe it. I don't know if I believe him being like one more day. But it is crazy that there is a possibility that if this car accident had never happened, there would be no book series because he would have maybe left after this day, you know. But I feel like he stays because this all happens. That is crazy. I didn't even think about that. I I totally, I'm not going to lie to you, I forgot by the end that he was thinking about leaving before the car accident because after it's a completely different vibe from him and like reading about it again right now like even when you were like he was thinking about leaving I was like wait did that happen like I completely forgot about it again something I forgot about (laughs) yeah and don't think I'm smart for this because I'm pretty sure he might say it in the next chapter but I feel like he feels like he can't leave now because it'll like look even more suspicious to Bella where he was like peace (laughs) yeah she would never stop thinking about it or like I feel like if he left she would say something I think if he wasn't there to have some sort of response why what would she have to lose you know true true very good point um also I just want to (laughs) say At the top or bottom of page 54, top of page 55, this is so me. It fucking, like, felt personal <laughs> when he's they're driving to school and um, he says that Emmett and Rosalie are having a moment and are just, like, staring into each other's eyes. And the exact line is, some days it was harder than others to live with three sets of perfectly matched lovers. This was one of them. <laughs> I... <laughs> <laughs> I just made a face for those of you who can't see. The face that Emily just made, it almost reminded me of, like, whatever face the sound, whap, womp, what, like, if you, if you played that, whatever face you'd be making, that was the face Emily was making. (laughs) I was going to say about the exact same section, um, the part that I read, um, let me find the exact wording. Uh, okay, here we go. Emmett and Rosalie were oblivious, having another of their moments gazing into each other's eyes with wonder. It was rather disgusting to watch from the outside. The note that I wrote was, Oh, Edward, if only you knew how disgusted I am reading the things about you and Bella. Like when she tries to kiss him with an open mouth and he's like, no. Or like when he bites her jaw. I don't like that. He's like breathing on her and they breathing on each other. It's all bad. I'm disgusted just as much as you, Edward. <laughs> yeah, the irony of it that he becomes what he hates. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> um, what's that one saying? I'll probably cut this out because it's gonna sound stupid, but isn't it like you either oh yeah, you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain? <laughs> It's so Edward. It just makes me think of, like, him having a MySpace or something, posting, like, edgy, like, emo memes, you know? I can totally see it. Yes, I was just gonna say, that sounds exactly like, I doubt vampires can get tattoos, but it sounds like something Edward would get a back tat of, like, that that exact phrase. (laughs) That makes me think of Teen Wolf, how, um, Scott, or not Scott Posey, um, 
Tyler Posey. I just combined both of their names. Um, Tyler Posey got those tattoos, even though he wasn't supposed to, and they had to just write it into the Teen Wolf storyline. That is my favorite big dick energy story of all fucking time, because he asked the creator of the show, Jeff Davis, if he could get a tattoo, and Jeff was like, no. And Tyler went out and got it anyways. And his, like, pretty much, I'm pretty sure his exact quote from an interview, he was like, what are you going to do? Fire the Teen Wolf from Teen Wolf? Yeah, it, that's what that makes me think of. I love it so much. If this podcast isn't an endorsement for you to watch Teen Wolf, I don't know what is. I agree. And I tweeted once, and I stand by this because I tweeted it like three months ago. <laughs> But um, I was like, I simp for one man and one man only, and that's Dylan O'Brien. That guy fucking rocks. If he showed up, I I literally told my sister this last week. I was like, if Dylan O'Brien showed up on my doorstep and asked me to hide a body with him, having never met me before, I would be like, let me get my shoes. (laughs) I don't don't doubt it. (laughs) And I also don't have a problem with it. I love him so much, and he's super outspoken about, like, bullshit and politics. I think literally yesterday or today, he replied to a tweet from Lindsey Graham and just said, fuck you, Lindsey. <laughs> he's literally a celebrity. <laughs> I My heart is warmed. Yes. I'm sorry we always talk about Teen Wolf, but actually I'm not sorry. I feel like if you like Twilight, you would like Teen Wolf even more. 100%. It has arguably more supernatural shit going on, a lot of fighting, a lot of action, and also a lot of romance, too. Yep. Pretty good lore. Yeah, very lore, lots of hot people, you know, it's everything you want. It's like there was a requirement to be at least a nine to be on that show. And I would say a little bit more diversity in the books or than the books when in terms of representation not not astounding but you know definitely way more than freaking twilight that's for sure yes definitely there is some problematic elements about it um like anything in popular media pretty much except for media that's actually created by people of color but yes definitely more diversity yeah this has been we are sponsored by a show that ended six years ago (laughs) find it on amazon prime (laughs) anyways fuck you jeff bezos continuing on um okay so they get to school and um it's just like I it's exactly what Paige said I wrote in my notes I said this this whole episode still doesn't make any damn sense lol because you know as I told you when we were reading Twilight we just get this accident from Edward's point of view and the physics of it still don't make any sense like how does a car quote wrap around another car end quote isn't that what it says I gotta find it Yes, I heard the van behind us, this is on page 57, I heard the van behind us grating and squealing as it twisted around the sturdy iron body of the girl's truck. It was changing course, arcing, coming for her again, as though she were a magnet pulling it toward us. This, her truck is a big ass old Chevy. She even says when she gets it in Twilight that she's like, I don't think she says this exactly, but she basically is like, it would win in a fight. It's like pretty sturdy. How's a car going to hit it and not completely stop? Here's the thing. I don't know enough about physics to make a valid argument, but I feel like I know enough generally to know that this is unbelievable. Like this, I, there's, I, neither of us can think of scenarios where this makes sense. Agreed. I mean, I never took a single physics class in my life. Anyways, um, I do think it's also very unbelievable when he fixes the damage, like the dent from his shoulders in the other car that was parked next to Bell's with his foot quietly. I'm like, 
How? You're like literally beating metal. <laughs> These are the teachers that we introduced in the beginning, you know, watching this shit, eating a donut, like, hmm, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, I don't know why, but the image, you're not a gleek, are you? No. I'm ashamed to say, friends, that I am unfortunately a clique. I never finished it, though. After Cory Monteith died, I couldn't do it. Um, but there's this performance in season one when Mercedes, she's the black girl. She thinks she's in love with Kurt, who is, turns out, to be gay. Um, and so he, like, basically tells her that he won't go out with her. And... Um, she gets really mad and sings Bust the Windows. Have you heard that song? No. <laughs> I'll send you a link after this. It's so funny, but she like literally smashes his truck with like a hammer. It's kind of Carrie Underwood-esque, but they're like in the parking lot and she has cheerleaders dancing with her, even though she's not a cheerleader. It's an amazing performance, but I'm just like, it's loud when she's smashing up this car and I'm just picturing Edward with these cheerleaders. I don't know why. It's a weird image. I probably shouldn't have even brought it up. <laughs> But for the 0.0002% of our listeners who are also cliques, know what I'm talking about. There you have it, folks. <laughs> Paige is like, I have no words. <laughs> this is fucking stupid. <laughs> Can we move on? <laughs> I astral projected out of my body and I was like, Glee. I can't even remember the last time I even thought about Glee. Maybe like 2015. Yeah, I wish the same was true for me. It was somehow, like, simultaneously the best show ever and the absolute worst. I'm, do- I'm, don't, I'm not surprised by that. Ryan Murphy, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, anyone who could make Glee and also American Horror Story needs professional help. <laughs> <laughs> I want that to be our soundbite for Instagram. <laughs> we'll get a fucking cease and desist letter for our tiny ass little podcast from Ryan Murphy. <laughs> anyway, I just, I really don't feel like going over the details of this fucking car accident again. So you know what? I'm not gonna. Although I did have an eye roll when he's like, a word I'd never said before in the presence of a lady slid between my clenched teeth. I'm like, what was that shit? <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> what they used to say in the olden days, like, I can't even think of it. plunk. I don't know. Plunk. <laughs> I feel like they say that in comics. Comics. When, like, a rock hits a water surface. What about, like... Like, um, who's the guy with the mustache with Bugs Bunny? Elmer Fudd? I don't think he has a mustache. Doesn't he? I gotta look it up right now. I think he has a baby face. Elmer Fudd? Yeah. You're thinking of two different people. You are correct. Elmer is like a baby in man's clothes. Who's the one that has a freaking mustache? You know who I might be thinking of? Doug Dimmodome. <laughs> no, but now I am. <laughs> you know that walrus from Alice in Wonderland? <laughs> no. <laughs> I will pull it up. <laughs> I feel like I'm like drunk or something right now. What is going on? See him? He looks like the guy from Mythbusters. This guy haunts my nightmares because he ate all those freaking oysters. You know, the babies in the movie? I don't think I ever saw Alice in Wonderland. You should watch it. It's it's interesting. <laughs> he eats a bunch of babies. I think he like gets his comeuppance, though, but I don't remember. Um, patrons only benefit. Me and Paige are going to watch Alice in Wonderland. I'm just kidding, but I actually might watch it because I'm kind of nostalgic for it. Um, should we talk about Twilight? I think we have to at this point. <laughs> I've been putting it off as long as I can. Okay, so when all the dust settles, 
and glass from Edward literally lifting up a van and then dropping it. Also, I know that there's like a lot going on here, but when he's like, when he drops the van, he he just seems like not that concerned about Tyler Crowley. You know what I mean? I mean, he makes it very clear later that he truly doesn't care. He's like, Tyler's wounds were way worse than Bella's. And also he literally has fresh blood oozing from his wound, but I don't care. I'm going to talk to Bella right now. Also, I'm a vampire and I don't care. I'm going to talk to Bella right now. It's true. I mean, the sitting on his bed thing alone was enough to prove that he did not care about Taylor Crowley or his feelings. Nope. So this, from Edward's point of view, is basically just, like, worry and panic that she's, like, not going to buy his story. Um, and he's, like, really afraid that he hurt her when he, like, pushed her out of the way because she hit her, she bonked her head. Bonk, bonk, baby. But, yeah, he's, like, trying to be really persuasive and, like, he even mentions at one point that the tactics that he normally uses to lie to people like aren't working. She's not buying it, which we already know because Bella's a baddie. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of get, you know, which I feel like they just skip over this in Twilight, but we kind of get the trip to the hospital and like Bella getting put on a stretcher. We get a little bit more details on that. He also notices the thoughts of his family, Rosalie Jasper and, and Emmett. I mean, Alice saw it coming, so she's not shook. And I feel like Alice also wouldn't care that he did this. She'd be like, mm, you had to do what you had to do. I mean, Emmett doesn't really care either, but I'm sure Rosalie and Jasper are going to be pissed. He says there would be hell to pay for this tonight. I, I kind of, That kind of made me chuckle. I'm like, I know this is all very serious, and a lot, a lot just happened to a lot not a lot of people, but a good amount of people. And just, he's just like, there's going to be hell to pay tonight. Like, darn it. Like, it just kind of, kind of funny way to talk about it that way. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So then Charlie shows up and this is pretty interesting. Um, Edward at first thinks that he's just overwhelmed with quote, wordless anxiety and guilt. Um, also, I'm going to cry when the line on page 62, when he says, when Alice had warned me that killing Charlie Swan's daughter would kill him too, she had not been exaggerating. I, I actually made a note. I don't think I ever brought it up. I actually, well, I don't think I made it. No, I think I just read it and I was like, oh, that's interesting that she says that it would kill him too. And then Edward thinks, like, I only listened to the very last part of that sentence, which I interpreted to mean kill him, too. Um, But now he's seeing, like, I, here I am thinking this whole time, well, I'm just gonna have to kill this guy. I'm not even considering, like, the amount of horrible grief that he would be experiencing, literally his daughter dying and him having to deal with that. Like, he was so self-centered to begin with. And now he's like, Oh damn, he actually really does care a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. Um, I don't think that he was thinking he would kill Charlie. So <laughs> um, I totally, I just went back to it. So it's on page 22. Cause now I'm like, what, what did he say? So Alice says you will do the right thing. Not a vision this time in order. She's Charlie Swan's only family. It would kill him too. Yes, I said, agreeing only with the last part. Maybe he is saying that. I always interpreted it as like, he's agreeing with the fact that she's Charlie Swan's only family. It would kill him too. Not with, you will do the right thing. That makes sense too. I just, my brain went to a darker place, I suppose. Yeah, maybe I'm just saying this because I don't want to think about Edward Cullen killing Charlie because I would have to fucking come for his ass. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just because I was thinking like this was the chapter where he was really thinking about all of the different scenarios where he could kill Bella and it would cause the least amount of damage, I guess, or like the least amount of deaths to be caused so he's like oh if I do it this way if I kill Bella in this way I would just have to kill him too like that's the way that I took it explain my face right now she's silent screaming mouth completely open shock she kind of looks like um Katie in 
um harry potter and the half-blood prince when she touches when she touches the cursed necklace and she was like up in the air with her hair kind of flying all over the place and her mouth is wide open that's kind of what i was looking at yeah because i'm like Paige is probably right that's fucked up bro but yeah at least now 40 pages later he was like oh he actually really does care You know what? I have no words, so I'm just going to go back to where we were. (laughs) Fuck this guy. All right. So speaking of which, um, Edward kind of realizes he puts together that his thoughts are not wordless. He just can't hear them. Um, So he thinks maybe this is how Bella got to be that way that she is. What did you think about this? I thought that it was extremely interesting to think that this there could be some sort of supernatural biological component that Bella somehow maybe inherited this like through her the bloodline that she's from basically and because you know Edward has the opportunity to meet both Charlie and Renee and I mean we don't know Edward's thoughts in Twilight but he makes absolutely no mention of Renee being anything weird I don't know if he's gonna point it out when we when he does meet Renee later in the book but it gives me sort of the feeling that maybe she doesn't have the same openness I guess of her mind that Charlie does not have did I word that right she doesn't have the thing that Charlie does have that Bella has as well so I'm like maybe there's just something in the swan side of the family that's like biologically keeps them safe from vampires I don't know well not safe their thoughts from being read. Yeah. So you think she gets it solely from her dad? I mean, maybe. I don't know. I, I kind of the vibe I got, but we still haven't gotten to the point where he's even had a chance to meet Renee. So there's still the possibility that it could be from both. Right, right, right. Yeah. But your working theory is that it's from Charlie. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I was pretty surprised by this, too. Um, way back when, when I read this. Mm-hmm. So they get to the hospital and Edward goes immediately to Carlisle's office. And I just want to say, I'm in love with Carlisle's response. Not the one where he's like, you didn't kill her, did you? Because <laughs> that's pretty fucked up. But um, when Edward explains the situation and he says, no one noticed, or sorry, I'll back up a bit. She was in the way. Alice saw it coming, but there wasn't time to do anything but really run across the lot and shove her out of the way. No one noticed except for her. I had to stop the van, too, but again, nobody saw that besides her. I'm I'm sorry, sorry, Carlisle. I didn't mean to put us in danger. And Carlisle's response is to give Edward a hug and say, you did the right thing and it couldn't have been easy for you. I'm proud of you, Edward. Good dad alert. For real. I was just going to say, that's always the best when you, like, do something and you think your parents are going to be pissed about it, but because you just, like, acted out of instinct or whatever, and they're like, it's okay. And you're like, it's okay. <laughs> I don't know why, if I can have, if I can say that that's ever happened, but <laughs> usually when I think my parents are going to be mad, they are mad. <laughs> <laughs> that's happened with me with my dad a couple times, where I'm like, he wasn't mad. <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> yeah. This is how you know I'm a major nerd. Um, When I was little, I was in second grade, I think, and we had homework folders. So, like, our teacher would put all of our homework into them, and you had to make sure you brought it home because everything was in there. And I forgot it two weekends in a row, so I couldn't, like, do my homework over the weekend. So the first time, my dad was really mad. And then the second weekend, I, like, came home from school, and my mom was already home. I think she picked me up. So, like, we were just waiting for my dad to get home to see how mad he was going to be. Have you seen A Christmas Story? A long time ago. Uh, This reference will be lost on you then. But there's a point where um, Ralphie, the main guy, he gets into a fight at school, and he's like, my dad's going to murder me. Like, this is the last day of my life. And his mom ends up not telling, or like he, she tells him, but she kind of like really downplays it. So it seems like it's no big deal. But before 
that happens, they're waiting for the dad to get home, and everyone is just so tense. And his little brother, she find the mom finds him sitting in a kitchen cupboard, like all curled up, literally inside a kitchen cupboard. And he, she's like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "Daddy's gonna kill Ralphie." <laughs> like even he's nervous. Anyways, so that's how I was feeling that I was gonna like totally get like yelled at when my dad got home. And he got home and my mom told him about it and I was waiting in my room. And he comes in and he was like, what do you think your punishment should be? And I was like, are you going to take away my books? Like the books I wanted to read? Oh my God. And I think that broke his entire resolve because he was like, my kid is such a fucking loser. I can't even be pissed. (laughs) He literally laughed if I recall correctly. Well, what was your punishment? Did he take your books away? <laughs> no, I think he just blew it off. I mean, how old are you when you're in second grade? Seven? That's not great. So he probably was like, you know what? <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> There's bigger fish to fry. For real. And I was already like bawling my eyeballs out. So he probably like figured that was like punishment enough. Yeah. <sighs> So anyways, I've been there. <laughs> um, so Carlisle is like, okay, well, I'll go, like, examine her. And Edward decides to wait in his office to, like, you know, not be sus, even though he ends up being hella sus. He literally leaps out of the fucking chair when Tyler is, like, considering asking Bella out. It's like, sis, you need to chill. Yeah, if... I'm, you know, I've... I've been with my fair share of boys who get jealous when other boys give even a modicum of attention to me. But imagine that you're just one of those boys and you can read the other boys' minds. You're already jealous before the shit even happens. (laughs) You know, that is a good point. That is a good point. I probably would be pissed if I like heard someone talk or thinking about my crush. I would be pissed, but um, you don't see me jumping up. But I had a point. Oh, I think the, like, most crazy part about it to me is, like, that Edward doesn't even... It's not like he's like, oh, my God, someone likes my crush. He, like, does not realize that he has a crush on her. That's, like, what's weird about it to me. That He's like, why am I feeling so defensive? What is this feeling? Where it's like, we all know you're jealous. He's like, anxious? Angry? No. I mean, is it possible if you haven't experienced it in, like, 90 years that you just forget? Like, is if if it's been so long since he's had any kind of crush or feeling of attraction like this, you forget how it works? (laughs) I mean, yeah, that's a really good point. It's definitely possible. I'm not, like, saying it's unbelievable. It's just crazy to me that he, like, is so not self-aware. Yeah. Because I feel like Bella is extremely self-aware. Edward's been having a couple sips of dumb bitch juice. He's not drinking the full thing, but just enough to make him look a little dumb. I feel like he's drinking at least a pint. (laughs) That's a big difference. Well, agree to disagree, I guess. <laughs> um, so he doesn't end up running to the room after this. He kind of gets himself under control, but he does go to look at her x-rays and realizes that he hadn't hurt her. Carlisle meets him there. There's a weird moment where Carlisle's like, look at all the healed contusions. How many times did her mother drop her? I'm like, this was unnecessary. <laughs> necessary I was thinking the exact same thing like I literally gained nothing from reading that bit of information in fact I feel worse yeah yeah it was so it was so disrespectful anyway so Edward goes um to the room where Tyler and Bella are and fucking sits on Tyler's bed and then kind of like sets up the scene for Carlisle I am so dead that he he takes the shock of 
he, he takes the look of shock on Bella's face to be like her noticing the resemblance when we already know that the look of shock on her face is like, fuck, he's hot. <laughs> yeah, Edwards is, it, just, it's so funny that he can't, he can't read her thoughts and it's so wrong, like almost every single time. It's just <laughs> very, very funny. Yes, literally in this chapter, when he gets one thing right, he's like, yes, finally. You're so um, right. But we've already seen this scene, obviously. Um, Carla finishes examining her and tells her that she can go home. She's all embarrassed because he says most of the school is in the waiting room where her dad is going to be. Um, and then he goes to examine Tyler and Bella's like, we need to talk. Obviously, for obvious and fair reasons. I don't know why I put that <laughs> that emphasis on it, but you're saying it um, like because that's how Edward is describing it. True, true. Um, and then like Edward is kind of snarky when he responds. I love that Carlisle under his breath so that only Edward can hear is like, or no, he just thinks it. He says carefully, Edward. <laughs> okay. So then we have this final scene of the chapter where, um. Edward kind of musters the the courage to be the villain because he knows that that's the right thing to do so that, you know, he can leave and, well, he thinks he can leave. Which, this kind of contradicts what we were talking about earlier, but on page 70 he says, it made it worse to know that this would be the last memory she would have of me. This was my farewell scene. So I guess maybe he was maybe still thinking about leaving. We'll see what he says next chapter. I guess. Or maybe it's just that this conversation goes so badly that he's like, yeah, I can't leave because she's not going to buy my story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I have a feeling that something else, I think there's going to be some sort of like realization on his part in the next chapter. Like I can't leave at this point. I'm in too deep. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Um, And honestly, I don't remember, (laughs) but so he's like, he says it goes, it went against all my better impulses to be this kind of mean and harsh towards her and just be like, I don't care about you. Like, leave me alone. I don't owe you anything. Well, I'm curious what you think of his decision-making and his outward attitude here, like his intentions versus, you know, how he executes. Like, do you think he's doing, he's trying to do the right thing here? Do you think he's going about it all wrong? What are your thoughts? Let me just preface that with um, like, you know, a callback to when we read this from in Twilight, we both like dragged the living shit out of him because obviously it is gaslighting. Um, and we were pissed that he was treating her this way. Do you think the ends justify the means here? I do think that he was trying to do the right thing. I still, to this day, don't think that they should have ever been together. I think that if he was so worried about her he he is the one here who has the power to completely leave the situation like I know Bella has her own power to say that she wants to be into in the relationship but as we're seeing in this chapter Edward clearly has the ability to uproot his life and remove himself from the situation Bella does not have that freedom she's just a normal human she's a minor she's still living with her parents so here in these early chapters Edward deciding that he should leave and remove himself. I think that that would have been the the safest and smartest option for both of those parties of individuals. The execution, I give it like a three. It just, <laughs> like, like I said, you know, trying to do the right thing, but like, you're being a dick, man. And like, I know that, like, the the outcome was supposed to be, like, well, it doesn't really matter what she thinks. If I'm going to leave, then, like, she doesn't really have any power over the situation. Like, what is she going to do if I'm gone? But, like, she's still a person, and, like, something crazy just happened to her. And, like, how is she ever going to be able to cope with that if no explanation is ever given? That is going to haunt her for the rest of her life, and you're a dick to her after you you're the one who injured her, like gave her this head injury. She's in the hospital. I mean, granted, she would be dead without him. Um, but just like the whole thing is just so un- so unfair to Bella. If he were to have left, it would be so unfair to her while still saving her life and keeping her safe in the long run. Like just imagine 
how confused she would be, no explanation, how she would deal with that emotionally. All crazy. So I would say good choice in Edward's part, bad choice in execution. I agree. Like, I hadn't really thought of this till just now when you were talking, because I agree fully with everything that you said. I'm just picturing, like, what's the alternative to this behavior? He could have been really nice. He could have been like, I'm sorry, Bella. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I was standing right next to you. Like, I don't, I don't know why you don't remember it. But I was, we were like, right next to you. You know, like, I feel like there's a way to do it without being a dick. Yeah, I think so. Or like, even like, now I'm picturing, maybe he, you know, in his vast abilities, he could maybe have made it seem like it hit both of them. And then they both are like, what happened? I don't remember anything. I was standing right here and now my head hurts. What happened? And he could have played dumb too. And Carlisle's a doctor. He could have been like, yeah, you guys both got hit in the head pretty hard. Like if you, if you have some weird memories, like that's probably why, you know, I feel like they could have done it that way. I mean, it's a little goofy, but at least you're not being a dick. Yes. I, there's just a lot of alternatives to this situation. In the movie, he kind of, it. he takes like a sarcastic, it's still kind of mean, to be honest, but like a sarcastic way around it. He's like, I had an adrenaline rush. You can Google it, I think is the exact line, which is hilarious. <laughs> but I don't know. There's just no need to be like, I saved your life. I don't owe you anything. Yeah, I... I did it's there's no need for it like you kind of do owe her something like I I've said this so many times in this but this is a world where the vast vast majority of people do not believe in any way that supernatural beings exist it is so unfathomable to like find a reasonable explanation for that that I'm thinking in my non-supernatural brain how I would be able to justify that in my head or come up with an explanation. I would be so confused. Like, how is her human mortal brain supposed to cope with the the unreal information that she just got? You know, it's she doesn't even know anything. She just saw a bunch of weight, crazy, confusing things. And like, she has no way to like even come up with a story that makes sense. You know? 100%. 100%. Poor Bella. So the chapter ends with um, Bella asking, why did you even bother? Her question wasn't one I was expecting or prepared to answer. I lost my hold on the role I was playing. I felt the mask slip from my face, and I told her this one time the truth. I don't know. I memorized her face one last time. It was still set in lines of anger, the blood not yet faded from her cheeks, and then I turned and walked away from her. So that's the end of the chapter. So for next week, we are for the first time in this book going to do two chapters because the first one is really short. So the first one, chapter four, is called Visions. Chapter five is called Invitations. So there was no visions in Twilight. There was an invitations in Twilight. What do you think is going to happen? I'm pretty positive that Invitations was when Bella gets invited to go dress shopping. So Visions, I think it's going to be Edward maybe sneaking into Bella's room. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. If not, maybe he's having some, like, uh, maybe Alice is having some crazy visions about what's going to happen. Maybe Alice is going to have some visions about when they go to Port Angeles that Edward has to deal with. I think Invitation is going to be more him watching her at school. I guess we'll see. All right. I like it. I love that every week you're like, maybe he's going to sneak into her room. <laughs> you're just dreading it. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. Not that it was necessarily spoiled, but uh, so I've mentioned this before, but several of my coworkers are big Twilight fans, and a lot of them recently read Midnight, Midnight Sun. So I mentioned, like, I have a feeling that he's gonna he's gonna sneak into her room soon. I have a feeling, and one of my coworkers was like, "Oh, girl, you have no idea." Like just the way that she said it was like, "Oh, it's real bad. You think it's gonna be bad? It's bad." So I'm like, I just I need to get it out of the way. <laughs> I 100% feel that. 
Uh, we'll see how you feel when it finally comes up, which I don't even know if that's going to be next week or not. Actually, I do know. <laughs> I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. That's our mantra. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, short, sweet, and to the point today. Paige said she wasn't in the mood to talk, so I made it as quick as possible. <laughs> I I have one thing. It may be a little dramatic, but I I wanted your opinion on it because you're a true crime fan and it might it might conjure some thoughts in your head. I felt like this chapter was a lot of Edward giving himself allowances that weren't really real. Like, oh, well, I'm just going to say goodbye to her one last time and then I'm going to like I'm going to leave. But if I can do that, then I'll I'll be fine. And then something happens and he's like well then I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go talk to her like one last time like I'm I mean that's gonna be it like if I I allow myself to do that then it's gonna be done it's gonna be over and he keeps giving himself these allowances that don't follow through and in fact are making the situation worse and worse for himself it reminded me so much of serial killers giving themselves allowances like oh well if I can do this then I'll I'll be fine like that's you know I'm allowing myself to do that and you know it's cool that I can do that but then they do it and they're like okay well then I'm just gonna allow myself to do this and you know if I get away with that then that's fine like I you know I'm just doing that I'm allowed to do that not everything else but then it just keeps building and building and building until the worst possible thing happens so I'm like just like am I comparing Edward to a serial killer Maybe so. Yeah, that's really interesting. I don't know. It's kind of churning in my brain at the moment. To me, there's almost like a level of, and I, I know I'm not qualified to speak on this, and I don't mean it in the same way that like the mental illness of addiction to alcohol, drugs, you know, things like gambling, things like that. I don't mean it in that same way. But I feel like there is almost like an element of addiction for Edward to Bella. Um, I mean, he does call her his brand of heroin. Um, and, you know, where it's that thing where it's just like one is never enough. So where you're like, oh, I'll just do one more and then you have to keep doing it. And by you, I mean, not me or you, <laughs> like Edward. But that's really interesting. I'm actually reading, in addition to Midnight Sun right now, I'm reading a Stephen King book. Um, it's actually just four novellas put together. So the book itself is called Different Seasons, but it's... Um, Shawshank Redemption is the first one. Then the second one is Apt Pupil. The third one is The Body, which most people know as Stand By Me. I don't remember what the fourth one was because I haven't gotten there yet, but I'm reading Apt Pupil. Have you ever read that? Mm-mm. Girl, it is dark. Like, dark. Like, it, there's Stephen King dark, and then there's Stephen King dark. Um. It's, it kind of has the same element where there's two people in the in the story who are um, killing innocent people and they're just like, oh, I'll just do this one and it'll just be enough. So it's like really interesting that you brought that up because they're both serial killers at this point um, and they have that exact same mentality. Weird. Yeah. I'm, I want to play the X-Files theme song, but I don't want to get sued, so I won't. <laughs> yeah fair <laughs> just play it on a recorder here's a we'll, we'll do something light for you guys since we just kind of got some into some really dark shit so when me and Paige were first starting this podcast before we knew that Paige's friend Danny was gonna record some music for us we were like what can we do for the theme song because we we're like we can't use anything that like you know has or like needs royalties or whatever because we are broke um and we came this close, you guys, this freaking close to recording, like, Bella's lullaby on a fucking recorder and using it as our theme song. Maybe, maybe if we get enough patrons, we'll, we'll make a mock-up version of it, if you want to hear that. Recorder concert. <laughs> Like, legit, Paige was like, I gotta go to Target. I distinctly remember. You were like, I gotta go to Target this week, so I'll look and see if they have recorders. <laughs> like, we were so serious, you guys. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you, I did not look. <laughs> well, I think at that point, by the time we went, we already kind of knew that we were gonna go with what Danny was gonna do, but... Anyways. That's your behind-the-scenes look at the making of this Emmy Award-winning show. <laughs> 
every time we're going too long, Mila pops up and she's like, it's time to wrap it up. <laughs> Tina hasn't made a single peep today. I'm very I'm impressed. Like, Where is Tina? I haven't heard her at all. She's in the living room. I fed her before this time, so. That'll do it. She's content. She's literally scratching on the door right now. It's like she heard me talking about her. Yes, she did. She heard her name and she was like, I'm coming in. <laughs> well, at the mercy of our cats, we will sign off for the day. But you can follow us on social media, Instagram and Tumblr at Tuesdays are for Twilight. Twitter at TaftPod, T-A-F-T pod. Email us at TuesdaysAreForTwilight at gmail.com. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash TuesdaysAreForTwilight. And you can also send us a carrier pigeon to our new P.O. box. Turn up. Um, yeah, I don't know if you would want to send anything there, but if you do want the address, let me know. <laughs> or DM us and I'll give it to you. And that's it. Anything else, Paige? Um, I just want... I just want your heart to soar as high as your dreams. All of you. <laughs> not just you, Emily. Everyone. I love that. I love that. <laughs> and on that note, we'll see you next week for chapters four and five of Midnight Sun. Bye, guys. Bye. Our amazing intro and outro music was performed by Danny Plowman and produced by Alberto Beltran. You can follow Danny at Danimal6, and that's six the word, not six the number, Danimal6 underscore on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs>